Well, I am thrilled that we get to share this teaching moment together for those of you who are in this space right now, but for the many, many of you who are connected with us online. We're in the Gospel of Mark, and the Gospel of Mark, it moves fast. It is relentless in pursuing varying and recurring themes, and it's Incredibly interesting that for today, what, what we have for today, what God set up for us many, many months ago for us to walk into this teaching moment is going to tell us this, that when evil seems enormous, God still has authority over that. That's what we're going to focus on today. Now, it's incredibly interesting what we're going to focus on next week, because next week we're going to find that through this relentless pursuit of activity in the gospel of Mark, Jesus is in pursuit of quiet places again and again and again. And when we hold these two things together, that we get to walk into the word of God for us to learn doesn't God know what in the world is going down in your life and in our midst that together we get to spend time in the word understanding that when evil seems enormous, God has authority over that. And then also on the heels of that to discern God understands that you need soul care, that you need quiet time. And in such a time as this in our nation and in the world, right in the middle of Lent, that there is this, you're going to get a little more quiet time because your soul desperately needs it. God is with you, friends, and we're not going to miss the moments that God has for us. Now, I think what happens with you happens with me, that when you begin to kind of wonder, or you begin to worry a little bit, that God puts a song in your heart. That all of a sudden there's this, oh, this kind of this, this song comes to my mind, and, and that's really helpful for me. And in, in this moment, in reflecting on what the Word of God has for us, there are three different songs that just kind of kept rolling through my heart and my spirit. And I wanted to share those to you in this introductory moment. And, and one of those songs is a stalwart, written in 1529 by Martin Luther. It's a mighty fortress is our God. And the middle stanza says this, and though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear for God hath said his truth will triumph through us. Oh, the prince of darkness grim, we tremble not at him. His rage we can endure for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. Just, oh, it's, it's a paraphrase from the 46th Psalm. And it's something not only for our hearts, but for us to be foundational and, and take hold of. Now, there's another song that has is, is come to my mind, and, and the praise band's going to kind of throw this out there. It's from the islands. If you go on a missionary trip to Jamaica, to Haiti, to Fiji, the Fiji national rugby team sang this after their Olympic gold in the locker room, but it's higher, higher. It's Check it out. Make sure you follow along. You can sing it with them if you want. Higher, 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 lift Jesus higher. And then Satan is going to go lower. Satan's going lower right now. Jesus has authority. Lower, 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 
Lower, lower, stomp Satan low. And it's supernatural power. Super, 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 supernatural power. Super, 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 supernatural power. How about we do higher one more time? Higher, 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 lift Jesus higher. Higher, 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 lift Jesus higher. That's a, that's 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 a song. I I I was amazed because I I saw that twenty some years ago on a mission trip to Haiti, and then the next time I see it, I'm watching these grown strong men, the the Fiji national rugby team, sing this in the locker room. This Sunday school song that they learned as kids, um, just just amazing. Now there's one other song, and and this is. This, I guess you can say it's kind of a children's song. It goes, uh, harkens back to the 1990s. But if you know of Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber, they came in uh, in a VeggieTales moment when Junior Asparagus was really struggling with some fears and some wonders because he'd watched a scary, spooky movie. And he's, he's wondering if there's, you know, these nightmares and these different things. And, 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 and the course talks about that, that God is bigger than the boogeyman, than, than anything. That we're just going to kind of, can we just kind of jump into this one here? One, and two, uh, three, if you know it, you can God sing it. If you don't know it, There's a measure that, that a lot of us are going, oh, that is comforting. I just sang some Sunday school song. You know, there's, now, some of our minds could be going to this place. That's cute. That is cute. Um, but what if I really face trouble, you know? And what, what if I really, really face trouble and a, a cute little Sunday school ditty does not have the depth to really minister to my spirit. I want to ask a question. What's the worst that's going to go down? What are you really afraid of? What, what really is your boogeyman? Because, because here's where I believe we could go. Pastor Jim, you're throwing out some nice little trite phrases and concepts, but, but what if I would, whether it's the issue we're facing now or some other issue, what if I die? What if I die? Let me tell you a secret. You're going to die someday. <laughs> You're going to die someday. Your God has got that, child of God. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. Those who've been clothed with mortality will be clothed with immortality. And then the saying that is written will come true. Where, O oh death, is your sting? Where, O oh death, do you have power over me? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God because he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God's got child of God. 
The very story of God intersects for you when the Son of God shows up and mounts the cross for your sin and defeats death with an empty grave. And when you trust, what that means is when you die someday because you're made of the dirt of this earth and you're made of the eternal breath of the creator God, when you die someday, that born again, second birth experience means you get a resurrected body. Resurrected body that is more real than what you ever experienced right now. The reality of real is going to be in that next reality when you're ushered into God's presence. Don't rush there, friends. We want you on this side of eternity for as long as God gives you breath. We need you vital and active in the kingdom of God. Don't miss the moments that God has for you because people need to hear that God loves them and that God cares about them and they need to see the living God at work in your midst. Don't miss those moments and opportunities. But you have nothing but confidence. You have nothing but courage. You, you get to continue to live in community with the people of God. And in these next few weeks, you get a little more quiet time. Praise God for that. How good is that? And, and so, for any of us, if we have some qualms together in community, in this room, or in whatever room that you're in, uh, as, as daughters of the King of Kings, as, as, as children of God, as little boys, jumping into their Heavenly Father's arms, let's sing a child's song because you are children of God. And I want you to think, what is your boogeyman? What is it that you might be afraid of? And you sing this out with great hope and confidence. Help us out, worship. One, two, three. God is bigger than the them for helping us out. Oh, we did have to laugh a little with the musicians and say, you know, um, we, we're not really recommending people show up, but we need you to show up <laughs> or we don't get to have this experience. And we reminded them of sending the musicians out on the front line of the battle. Um, uh, there we go. Hear the word of the Lord from Mark chapter 5. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes, and, and Jesus has come to that place. There's a man with an impure spirit who comes out from the tombs to meet him. And this individual had lived in the tombs, and nobody could bind him. He was crazy strong. They tried to bind him with chains. Arr, he'd rip that off. And I don't necessarily take him as like muscular, Hulk-like strong. I take him as crazy, lunatic guy strong. And he came and he fell at Jesus' feet. And, and, and what he would do, he was an individual who was crying out and he would cut himself. And there's this understanding that hurt people hurt people. 
that people who have these hurts in their life, when they brush up against something that hurts them, they kind of, kind of lash out. But this person is so hurt and so wounded that this hurt person begins to hurt himself. And Jesus encounters him. And this man falls on his knees in front of him. And he shouts at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Have you come to torture me? For Jesus had said, come out of this man, you impure spirit. What we should know when evil seems enormous. There's three concepts that we should know when evil seems enormous. And the first is this, that this is an example of God's prevenient grace. This is grace that goes before grace. Does that make sense to you? There's grace. There's saving grace. There's the grace that reconciles you, redeems you, that God sought you and bought. But this is the grace that goes before you ever experiencing saving grace. <clears throat> Jesus came across the sea. And as he comes across the sea, there's this incredible storm. And, and the disciples are so worried in this storm, they, they're going to say to him, don't you worry. He's asleep in the boat. Don't, aren't you even worried that this is going to wreck us and this is going to count? This is the end. And Jesus gets up and he calms the storm. He says, peace be still. And on the heels of him saying, peace be still, he then encounters this individual. And we begin to understand that in the lives of those whom God reaches, God is going to come across incredible barriers to get to those people that God is reaching. Prevenient grace. You've heard of preseason games. It's not the season. It's the games before the season. It's pre. It's before. God has given you grace before you even knew there was grace that was coming into your life. And I, I want you to pause and give thanks and reflect and be able to say, oh, God, you showed up in my life before I even knew I needed you to show up in my life. That's how good God is. That God is going to cross the stormy sea. That God is going to cross any kind of boundaries to get to you because he knows you by name. He loves you. He cares for you. There is grace that goes before grace. And that's what's happening right now when evil seems enormous. Second, we need to know this, that the enemy is bent on destruction. C.S. Lewis has this, love C.S. Lewis. Oh my goodness, love C.S. Lewis. He has this poignant explanation. He says that there are two equal and opposite errors that we can make in regards to the devil and demons and evil spirits and such. One, is to, one error is to totally disbelieve in their presence. That would be erroneous. The other would be that we take such a high interest in their existence that we get all kind of caught up in magic and witchcraft. It's like, don't, don't, don't do either of those. Let's take just a little bit of time together to talk about uh, uh, just the real facts of fallen angels. In Revelation 12, 4, it says that Satan swept away a third of the angelic host. And they followed Satan in his rebellion against God. And we would understand that these then make up the demons. These are the dumb angels. These are the dumb angels that rebelled against God. And they are not, they don't have any omnis in front of their name. They're not all-knowing. They're not all-powerful. 
I think they're dumber than dirt. They are powerful. There, 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 is, there is a, and they're all about Satan's schemes. They can be known as, in the word of God, as evil spirits or unclean spirits, a, a spirit of confusion, a, a lying spirit. And as they carry out the schemes of Satan, they get embodied in Satan, who is the father of lies. And the desire of Satan as the father of lies and the host that follows Satan would be that if we just look at the threefold lies that came to Eve in the Garden of Eden, and, and, the, and it's always uh, questioning the word of God. Did God really say that? That's one of the dynamics. The, the other dynamic is to, to speak into the fact that you won't die. Oh, surely you won't die. And you're going to be like God. That would be the third one, to set yourself up in your own little kingdom as your own little God. The demon in this moment is going to refer to himself or themselves as legion. And for the Roman understanding, a legion would be made up of 5,000 individuals in 10 different cohorts, and legions took on different, different numeric uh, definitions over the course of time, but that would have been the numeric definition at that time. So they're, they're organized, and, and, and they are powerful. Um, know this, child of God, that, that you cannot be possessed by the enemy. Now, you could be oppressed, we're told, don't give the devil a foothold in your life. Don't, get, don't, don't allow the devil to take a stronghold then in your life if the devil has a foothold. Devil loves to get around the filth in life. Let's just, let's just pause for a moment to go, have you ever run across a teenager's room? Let's just do that. A teenager's room. Have you ever witnessed uh, what the stinky socks and undergarment pile and where those things get shoved? Uh, the teenagers like to have snacks, and sometimes they might like to take them up to their room, and all of a sudden there's the pizza boxes and the pickle jars and uh, the yucky plates, and you begin to stuff. And after a while you go, what a wicked stench. If you leave out trash, if you just leave trash and filth unattended, what are you going to get? You're going to get roaches. You're going to get rats because you rolled out the welcome carpet for roaches and rats. And when we live in a capacity where our lives are filled with what the Word of God would say, that stuff is filth. When we live into lies, when we live into theft, when we live into adulterous affairs, when we live into the kind of things that just stink and have stench, what happens is the rats and the roaches of the spiritual forces of darkness like to play there. And when we don't pick that up and allow God to cleanse us and redirect our lives, there becomes oppressive things that are in our midst. Uh, we got to get rid of the stink in our lives. And God desires to deliver you from those things. Let's press in. What we also learn when evil seems enormous is this, that Jesus has authority over the enemy. Jesus crossed that stormy sea. And in crossing that stormy sea, the understanding of the people in that day and age and time would be that evil, the forces of darkness, are occupants of the sea, that that is a very dangerous place, and that's where the enemy kind of has. So as Jesus crosses the sea, calms the storm, you go, oh, Jesus has power over the enemy. And now he walks into this moment where there's an individual 
who's demonized. And that's the proper reading of the scripture. This person is demonized. They go, oh, he's got power over that, that, this individual as well, over those demons. This week, three times this week, I've had individuals approach me, whether it was following a worship service or someplace out in the community. And three times this week, I've had people say, God has been delivering me from alcohol. People can be demonized by alcohol. And we're not talking the sip of wine at your anniversary celebration. And they begin to say how destructive that has been. They begin <coughs> to talk about how their life is in bondage and they are not themselves when they are caught up and they have lost their minds because they are drunk and what it does to their jobs and what it does to their homes and what it does to their relationships. Three times this week, individuals in the life of our church family have said, praise God, three months, I'm different. I was oppressed by that. That was a stronghold of the enemy. Three years now, I've been oppressed by that. That's a stronghold of the enemy. There's a lot of other things that God continues to need to do in my life, but that is one thing that I am praising God for. And, and each of them, as best I can identify, would say, it wasn't just the alcohol. There were attitudes that led me into that, and I had to get rid of the stinking thinking. When I got rid of the stinking thinking, God delivered me from the addiction. Let's go on. Because there are some multifaceted aspects. What we're going to look at next are the three different types of encounters with the enemy, with this individual, and with the community. And Jesus asked him, so what's your name? He says, Legion, for we're many. And then begs Jesus not to send them out of that region. And uh, they go, there's pigs, there's pigs up on the hill. There's a whole bunch of pigs up there. Send us there. And Jesus goes, go to the pigs. Yeah, go, go, go for it. Go for it, boys. Go on. And all of a sudden, th these little piggies go to market. And they start hurrying and scurrying. And they're up on this hillside. And they run down the cliff. And then they fall and they drop into the very sea that is a representation of evil. The sea that Jesus calmed and said, peace, be still. These little piggies go to market. And they go right down that hill. And they're drowned. And they reach their demise. And everybody in the countryside heard about this. So in the multifaceted battle with evil, we need to know this, that the enemy is aware of its itty-bitty power. Are you aware that the enemy has power, but the enemy actually has itty-bitty power? Because your God's power is so much greater and stronger. Uh, so if you got concerned about the pigs, that all of a sudden you conjured up, oh, and you're thinking of Porky Pig, abidi, 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 that's all, folks. Oh, there goes little Porky, and there goes Miss Piggy, and there goes Piglet. And, oh, like, the, the people who would have encountered this story originally would have never thought the kind of thoughts that we're thinking about, about losing some little piggies uh, there. Uh, the Hebrew people for, had so many encounters with folks who were pagans who knew their aversion to pork and to pigs that they, they had been tortured and tormented. There are so many stories of their torment in the presence of pigs that they would have gone, finally, stick it to the pigs. That's, that would have been the original Hebrew readers in feeling right now. 
If you've ever seen the story Aladdin, and I figure you have. If you haven't, take a little time to go find it sometime. Jafar is the bad guy. And in the end, what is Jafar's doom is Jafar wishes that he had all the power, that he would be the most powerful genie that there ever, 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 ever was. And the genie in the story grants Jafar, the magician, that sense of power. Oh, the cosmic power! And then you know what happens next. And then he disappears into the lamp and it's itty bitty 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 little living space. Compared to your God and compared to the God that lives in you, child of God, compared to the God that lives in you, the enemy's power is itty bitty. You don't go playing with witchcraft. You don't go playing with Ouija boards. You have no need to go dive and try to find your wisdom in horoscopes. There's no reason for that because those are things that the enemy is at playing. You don't need to go play in those places, but you need to know that the power of God makes the power of the enemy itty-bitty. So when they came to Jesus, this is the community, and they saw the man that had possessed by the legion of demons. Now he's sitting there and he's right-minded. Mentions that he's cold, so we think, oh, he must not have been cold before. This guy just, wow, he's a wackadoodle. You know, he's been cutting himself. He's been really, he's been really out to lunch. And now he's there, he's clothed in his right mind. And they'd heard about the pigs and, and this individual is now fully alive. He's fully human because of Jesus' liberating power. Question for you. What has God delivered you from? What has God delivered you from? And what does God need yet to deliver you from? King David, before King David was King David, and he would encounter the giant Goliath in the Valley of Elah in this battle. He would say to those around him before he would encounter the giant, his boogeyman, he would say, the Lord has rescued me from the hand of the lion and the Lord has rescued me from the paw of the bear. This Philistine is going to be like one of them because this Philistine is defying the living God. I, I guarantee you, child of God, that God has already delivered you from something, and you need to look back and draw courage from what God has delivered you from. And then it, it happens all the time in the Word of God. You look back and you see what God has done, and you praise God for what God has done, because what is before you, God is yet going to now deliver you in a very similar fashion to how God has delivered you in the past, and take hold of that. Be who you were created to be. This individual is placed in his right mind and he's fully human and he's going to be who God created him to be. For some, today is your day. What you need to be delivered from is the kingdom of darkness. What you need to be delivered from is you need to be delivered from a dark kingdom into the kingdom of light. You need to become a child of God. You need to say yes to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to say, God, forgive me. I'm tired of trying to play God. I'm tried, tired of trying to seek after other things that will satisfy. God, forgive me, and I want to follow you. And when you say, I want to follow you, I simply want to become one of your disciples and allow you to put my life together in ways that I couldn't even imagine how you might begin to put my life together, but I'm going to just trust that you're going to do it. Forgive me, I want to follow you. And that's your deliverance, and you need to take hold of that. 
Take hold of that. Take hold of the one who from the very foundations of the earth has said he wants to come and take hold of you. This is how you have eternal salvation. This is how you have abundant life. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Note our demoniac friend. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. Again, note our demoniac friend. Nothing separates you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Take hold of it. God, forgive me. I want to follow you. You're a child of God. Embrace it. Do it right now. Don't miss it. I may be talking. Your spirit is speaking to God. And then the people, I didn't see this turn coming in the story. When I tried to read this story with fresh eyes, I don't see this coming. They begged him to leave. Uh, a, a lot of times we think, I don't think it was just simply the marketplace lens that our thousands of pigs rush down the hill and we don't want any more pigs or any more, you know, we don't want to lose any more economic wherewithal. It seems they were really wigged out that this individual was transformed. Let me just, let me just hit the third. The community will hear of Jesus' transforming power. They see it witnessed in the life of this person. They go, oh, my stars, if Jesus can do that for him, imagine what he can do for me. And they got a little scared of that. You don't have to be scared of that. Here, here's something really interesting, friends. So the demons begged that they would be sent into the pigs. He says, all right, then. The community begs Jesus to go. He goes, all right then, and he goes. And the man is going to say, oh, Jesus. As Jesus is going, the man comes to the book, I want to go with you, I want to be with you. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. You're going to go back. You're going to go back right where you came from. You're going to go back, and you're going to tell people about the wondrous things that God has done in your life. And when he went back, it says to the Decapolis, it's a region of 10 cities. When he went back to the Decapolis and he began to tell people what Jesus had done for him, they were utterly amazed. Oh, they may have asked Jesus to go, but Jesus sent to them this man to tell him of the wonderful things that God has done. Question for you, who are you gonna tell? It's not, it's not Ghostbusters, it's not who you're gonna call, who are you gonna tell? Who are you going to tell about the wonderful things that God has done in your life, child of God? You're sent right back from whence you came. And you've got a great story to tell because God has delivered you. Don't, don't think that your deliverance is too small. Your story is dynamic. Would you stand and let's go to the Lord in prayer together? Let's steal home the things that the Spirit of God is speaking into your life and into your midst. Lord God Almighty, we thank you in this time and in this moment. And we embrace all of you for all of us. We right now say, God, we are confident and we have courage, Lord, to continue to live appropriately in community. And we're going we're gonna to receive the quiet zones that you have gifted us with right now. Lord God Almighty, we're going to understand that you take authority over anything that would come against us. And so thank you, Lord. For those who are experiencing deliverance of some kind right now on this side of eternity, we give you praise. And for those who have been delivered from a dark kingdom into your kingdom, who are having a born-again experience as part of this service, we praise you and we thank you. And Lord, may we go out and may we appropriately share your story. May we live it and may we share it for your amazing glory. In your name, and all God's people would say, amen.